season two. Yep. As I'm calling it, rather than year two, because season two sounds more professional. It does. <laughs> we had a really long season one, though. Only a year. I know. I feel like people don't typically do, like, a whole year. The the ones that I listen to do. Oh, really? Yeah, I have a couple that, like, one of the co-hosts of, of one of my favorites actually um, went on maternity leave, and they still kept doing podcasts, but they did them with other people other co-hosts so like um their girlfriend came on for a couple and then the other host like their like a brother came on of the host and like husband and their manager and all this all these people came on what does that have to do with it being season two well it's they just were a year they go by their years too. oh I got they're you. a full year so like i'm just saying like we're not oh. the only ones that do I feel a like whole most people year. don't do seasons I don't know. We can. Okay. Season two just sounds more professional. <laughs> Episode one. Yes. Of season two. Yeah. <laughs> um, just a reminder to do the review for the, what was it, a t-shirt and a sticker? Uh, t-shirt, tote bag, sticker. Oh, yeah. And if you don't want it, one of the things, like if you're a male and you don't need a tote bag, that's fine. We won't send you a tote bag. Or you could give it as a gift. Or, <laughs> yeah. I just don't want, like, mend. Yeah. You I know what I mean. Yeah. Or, I mean, maybe they do want the tote bag. Yeah. Who knows? It's like a nice little canvas tote bag. It's, I mean, it's not, like, super girly or anything. It's just, like, a cream-colored tote bag. Yeah. So. We have two weeks left to do that. Yes. I promise we won't make it, like, really stupid or anything. Like, it'll be fun. Like, the tote bag will be fun, and the shirt will be fun. Wouldn't you just put our logo on it? I was going to do the um, the shit show train. The Oh, but uh, some people haven't been listening that, like, long, you know? That's true. It's just so funny. It's a fun design. Yeah. So. We'll see what happens. <laughs> we be, clearly have our shit together just as much as we did in season one. It'll be a surprise for the both of us. For everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, anything else? <coughs> no, I am absolutely covered in serious hair right now. I still have a cough, so I'll do my best not to cough into the microphone, but we'll see what happens. I'm really nervous about your episode because I finished like a big one that I've been working on for a while and I'm, for some reason, I'm just really scared you're going to do it. Um, I'm doing one that was suggested to us. Okay, beautiful. Then you're not doing okay. it. Okay. I hope. On Instagram. Oh, God. Serious. <laughs> okay. What is happening? Dude, you shoved your butt into me. I didn't touch your butt. He showed me his teeth. Go see your mom. Okay. <laughs> you know, it wouldn't, episode, wouldn't be Midwest Madness oh, without some chaos from serious. <laughs> some serious. All right. Thanks, buddy. Perfect. Um, okay. So... I'm going to be doing a story that comes to us from Wisconsin. Um, and it was suggested to us, like I said, um, via Instagram DM by one of our followers. Um, should I say her name? I didn't ask. I mean, I she's like posted publicly on our Facebook too. I feel like first names are fine. I, w- okay. I just want last name people. Um, her name is Heather. 
Um, so if you're listening, this one, thank you for the suggestion. It was one I had never heard of, and which was kind of surprising, because especially because <laughs> it's from Wisconsin, and it was from 2018. Oh, so it's like very damn. recent. Yeah, that is really recent. Yeah, so we're gonna be talking about the story, and maybe you've heard of it. I okay. just hadn't. Um, Ezra McCandless. Nope. No, haven't heard of it. The only Ezra I have ever heard of is the dude from uh, Fantastic Beasts. There's an Ezra on Fantastic it, Beasts? His real name is Ezra. Oh, gotcha. Sorry. Um, okay. Okay. So let's get into it. Yes. I don't know how long it's going to be. It's 2,500 words, but we'll see. Maybe that should be on our shirt. Let's I don't get know it. how long Let, it's no, going to be. Or let's get into it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, now that too. <laughs> On the like back, it's going to say, I don't, know. I don't know how long it's going to be, but. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's it right there. Midwest Madness. I don't know how long it's going to be. That should be our, like, oh my God. our slogan. Should be our slogan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh my God. That was so funny. Um, <laughs> Just go. Yeah. So hopefully you can follow this well. I kind of start with, like, what happens and then i go into like some background and then i go back to like the day okay of so um our story starts on march 22nd 2018 just outside of eau claire wisconsin when 20 year old ezra mccandless showed up on the doorstep of dairy farmer farmer don sipple's house (coughs) oh my god oh wow that one that that one snuck up on you snuck up on me um just as he was sitting down for dinner she was shoeless her clothes were rips ripped she was full of mud and blood and she was bruised she asked the farmer don to call 911 and requested to see a doctor now obviously this poor old farmer man was very concerned that this young girl had just shown up on his doorstep looking like this as he would be and he immediately called 911 in the 911 call which you can hear online um, Don can be heard saying that a young lady had just come to his house and um, she was saying that somebody had attacked her. In an interview with 48 Hours, Don was asked what at that moment he thought was happening and he replied, and I quote, I had had no idea. She had kind of like dried blood or something around her mouth, no shoes on, mud up to her knees. She was cold and I think, I think, I'm sure in shock. And then she said, I was assaulted, unquote. I feel like <coughs> maybe I do know this story, but I didn't remember the name. Okay. Because I listened to the 48 Hours yeah. podcast. And I didn't, I don't remember when that came, this came out on 48 Hours. Well, and 48 Hours is, this is going to sound really harsh, but theirs is kind of annoying because they have like the same episode like nine times. So they have like 300 episodes but um they like re-release yeah so like dorothy's ruby red slippers yeah. is told four times gotcha so you gotta like so it's hard to remember if i've heard it or so i don't know if this is on their podcast it, okay i watched the 48 hours episode online okay. so i don't know if it's like if they translate all their episodes into podcasts yeah or not. i don't know so so far it's sounding like vaguely familiar okay. which is the only reason why um sorry she's gonna cough again it's worse (laughs) when i talk when people 
people when police arrive on the scene ezra can be i mean they are people too (laughs) they are on the dash cam footage saying quote i'm so scared and when asked by police where she was hurting she says quote everywhere well that makes sense so obviously this is a super scary situation and police are very interested to hear her story and their main concern at this point is like they want to find whoever did this and like get them off the street obviously yeah yeah because she sounds like she's pretty roughed up. Yeah. And you can see the pictures online. And Well, and I'm sure you'll post some stuff. Yeah, I'll post I, some for sure. I would definitely, like, post a normal picture and then put, like, a warning in case they're really graphic. They're like, not very graphic. They're not. Okay. No. Okay. She just looks a little... Roughed up. Roughed up. She's not, like, bleeding or anything like okay. that. Just okay. a little bruise and dirty, it looks like. But... Okay. Um... No, I think this is a good time to go into some background on Ezra herself, so we can learn a little bit about her. Um, Ezra McCandless was born on October 6, 1997, under the name Monica Kay, to a mother who was just 14 years old. Oh my god, that's so young. Yeah, her father was never a part of her life. Ezra's mother's partner did adopt Ezra when she was just four, four years old. And even though the two of them divorced when she was just 14, Ezra and him continued to have a close relationship. Um, Ezra had a pretty normal childhood. The only really notable thing was that in high school, Ezra did question her gender identity and tried a few different names and pronouns before she ended up with the name Ezra McCandless. She was quoted saying that the name fit perfectly for who she was. After dropping out of college. So then she continued to use she, her pronouns? Yes. Okay. She, her. Yep. Okay. Um, after dropping out of college, Ezra moved to Eau Claire, Wisconsin, where she met a man named Jason Mengel. Jason and Ezra were together for about eight months and were very much invested in each other despite the age gap. Jason was 33 at the time and Ezra was 19. Oof each their own yeah she's just so young she's yeah to each their own ezra was described as being spontaneous and full of surprises she definitely seemed like one of those people like a you could describe as kind of like a free spirit um she liked to draw attention to herself she was a amateur artist and even used her own car as a canvas which is actually kind of cool that is cool she like literally painted her whole car um i'm always really impressed with people that are bold enough to do that <coughs> like i would never because <laughs> i'm like oh that car cost me a lot of money I, you know yeah i mean it was an older car but but still i'm just, just not talented enough i just think it's really cool and and brave to do um i'll post a picture of the car too because yes please she was talented um jason and ezra lived together and even um contemplated marriage at one point the couple went as far as even referring to each other as husband and wife the two of them were often spotted spotted together at a popular downtown eau claire hangout called racy's coffee shop um this is where the couple met and befriended 23 year old barista and substitute teacher alex woodworth I do know this story. I hate that. Vaguely. It's, <laughs> I don't remember all the details, but the names are all familiar. You always want like a story someone's never heard, you know? Don't worry. I think you've heard of mine too. Oh, uh, okay. so I feel better now. <laughs> um, 
Alex was described as a very nice and a big nerd. He wanted to become a professor of philosophy in his spare time, did a lot of philosophical reading and loved to have deep conversations with people. Um, he was also often described as a deep thinker. Um, Alex was the oldest of four siblings and loved being a big brother. Alex's dad describes him really well, I think, um, in that 48 hours. He says, quote, he loved the unlovely. He loved bugs, he, and he loved spiders. His thing was to find stuff that people didn't care for and make sure that they were taken care of, end quote. Oh, that's actually really cute. I love that. He loved the unlovely. That's really cute. I love that saying. Um, eventually, Ezra and Alex became more than friends, though, and the two became began a secret romantic relationship behind Jason. I feel like I can't talk today. <laughs> behind Jason's back. When Jason found out, Ezra decided that she needed to dump both of them. Which um, is fair. Yeah. So this was uh, February of 2018. So okay. about a month before our story, like, I guess, begins or take place, takes place. <coughs> it's, I just feel so bad because, like, I just, it's usually me that has that lingering cough. So I, I feel um, you. Yeah. Okay, so around this very same time, Ezra actually claimed that she had been sexually assaulted by one of Jason's friends. She went and reported this to the police, and Detective Ryan Prock was the one who investigated the allegations. On March 1st, 2018, the two had their first meeting when Ezra came in for an interview. Again, you can see the like video of this on that 48 hours episode Mm -hmm. i got most of my information from 48 hours but there was a couple other things too but um ryan listened or detective brock i should say listened to her story and he believed her um but when so basically she said that they were hanging out they got drunk she blacked out and they had sex okay or he, he raped her. Had sex with her. Um, but when Detective Proc reviewed some suggestive text messages between Ezra and Jason's friend, um, he kind of began having a little bit of suspicion. Uh, he also interviewed Alex, and he did not support Ezra's story at all. Alex told Detective Proc that Ezra had told him that it was consensual and that she just regretted it. Um, if that's the case, that's icky. Yeah. I was kind of wondering why he interviewed, sorry, <coughs> Alex. Because um, it didn't really seem like he was involved in the story at all. I wonder if it's just like, in that case, you, you would talk to the friends. Every, yeah, yeah. To like, maybe understand what kind of person Ezra is and to understand what kind of person the other person in the situation is and like were you there did they tell tell you you about it or something yeah Yeah. i I wasn't 100 percent sure so i Um, mean that's just my assumption i don't know yeah who knows either the sexual assault case was ultimately dropped and a lot of the reason was because of alex's statement no that is that i guess i can't really say much about it because we don't really know um Uh, sorry that was a really unfortunate time for me to need to yawn yeah because you coughed at the same time at this point Ezra moved out of Eau Claire and back in with her family 
Um, and she also began trying to get Jason back at the same time. Um, but at this point, Jason kind of had had enough. Um, he was, you know, in his early 30s. Yeah. And it kind of seemed to me like she brought a lot of drama. Yeah. And maybe he just kind of, after a while, was like, you know, this was this fun is, at first. Yeah. But now I'm just like, nah. He didn't say that. This is me kind just of like speculating. Your gut feeling. Yeah. As someone who's in her late 20s, not her early 20s anymore. Shut up. <laughs> I'm in my 30s. <laughs> Shut up, Emily. I can say it. I would not say late. I would say mid, but that's beside the point. <laughs> <laughs> I just really offended Emily, but you know. I have to really just keep going now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but what I was saying is like I can in as a person who's 31 I can understand not wanting to deal with a bunch of like early 20s drama and we've been 19 year old yeah. girls and oh my god we were annoying as hell yeah I went somewhere with Al once and there was like this group of of high schooler high school girls and they were being super annoying and Al was like oh my god <coughs> they're being so annoying and I was like that was you no, it was, I was me. like that was all of us once. I was the most annoying person. Oh God, we were um, we all were. Anyway, I just my point being, you have a feeling that yeah. he was just kind of over the the drama. Yeah, yeah. And he also cheated on her, or she cheated. Yeah, on him. yeah sorry, yeah. she yeah. cheated on him. So, so like, how do you go back into that relationship with trust and yeah, everything? Um, okay, so after Ezra showed up on Farmer Don's, I call him Farmer Don. I love um, that. <laughs> doorstep, the only person she had asked to see was Jason. Um, and now we're back. Okay. To where we started. Okay. Okay. Back to March 22nd, 2018. And remember, too, she had her first meeting about with Detective Brock on March 1st. So this is like very, this is only 22 days later. Yeah. So the sexual assault case has dropped. She moved back home all in this small chunk of time. time. Okay. Um, okay. She showed up on Farmer Don's house. That morning, Ezra had surprised her ex-boyfriend, Jason, by unexpectedly turning up at Racy's Coffee Shop in downtown Eau Claire. Honestly, I just love that when an ex just drops right in and is like surprise yeah don't you isn't that just the best thing i wouldn't no um <laughs> ezra tells jason that she is back in town so she can show alex some of her writings um it seemed like alex and ezra were very similar like very kind of like you know artsy kindred spirits kinda. yeah yep mm-hmm. they had a lot of the same viewpoints so she wanted to show him her writings um she was it seemed like she was kind of trying to like get her life back on track like, okay that's what it seems like kind so of she's just trying to like reset yeah okay she moved home she's trying to just you know yeah hit the reset button on life which is exactly what you just said um anyway <laughs> okay so ezra can be seen that morning on security camera footage at racy's and people who saw her there said she appeared to be a little bit agitated um, after she goes to Racy's, uh, she leaves and heads over to Alex's house. So he wasn't like working that morning or anything. Okay. Um, Jason states that he just felt like something was off with her and he became, became concerned. Um, he had, I guess you could say a gut 
feeling that something wasn't right and always listen to your gut friends yeah so he actually decided to follow his gut he hopped on his bike and he biked over to alex's house um that must have been a cold bike ride and well march 22nd it's hit or miss i guess yeah that's true um he doesn't immediately go inside uh he spends some time outside of the home pacing back and forth kind of i think Maybe trying to talk himself down on a little bit. Yeah, like I'm overreacting. I'm overreacting. Like, yeah. You know, and or trying to talk himself into going and knocking on the door. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <coughs> well, especially because I'm sure their relationship, like with the three of them, isn't what it used to be because they were cheating right. together on him. Yeah. Um, He does finally work up the courage to go inside. And Jason states, and I quote, uh... Their faces were like masks. Something was happening, but they wanted everyone to believe everything was fine. You could taste the tension, end quote. Oof, not a great situation to walk into. Right. Jason says he then tells the two that they should talk in a public place, which they agree with, and the three of them walk out of the house. But before they can actually leave to go anywhere, a police car rolls up. Apparently, someone who was passing by had seen Jason pacing outside of the home had gotten concerned and called 911. Um, I don't know if that's like a smart neighbor or a nosy neighbor. <laughs> I would say smart. I'm sure something just didn't feel right. Yeah, that's true. If I saw a man pacing outside of a home. I don't know if I would involve myself and call the police, though. Really? I don't know. I probably would. It's the, it's very hit or miss. I guess it'd be that what's the What's the situation. hurt? Yeah, I suppose. So they show up and nothing's wrong. But what if they show up and something's wrong? That Yeah. You know? Yeah, I just, I don't know. So, they did call. Please show up. Good for them. Um, You can see dash cam footage. Uh, and this shows that the officers were talking to Alex, who was standing outside of Ezra's car while Ezra was sitting in the driver's seat of the car. Jason is next to his bike, out of camera view, but you can hear him talking okay. on the dash cam footage. Um, and he can be heard saying that he was concerned about Ezra. Um, in the footage, you can hear him say, quote, she gave me a vibe today, man. I don't know. It doesn't feel right. Something feels wrong, end quote. The two cops determine, though, that everything is fine and everyone is allowed to go on their way. Ezra closes the driver's side door of the car. Jason walks into dash cam view, talking to Ezra and Alex for a few moments before Alex gets in the car with Ezra and they drive away. Okay. A little more than three hours later, Ezra shows up on Farmer Don's doorstep. While being treated at the hospital, Ezra gives her first recorded interview about what had happened. All she says is she remembers feeling afraid of Alex, but that's all she can recall. That's all she can recall at this point. Okay. So not really that helpful, but at least please know now the person who attacked Ezra was Alex and that's who they need to be looking for at this point. Yeah. Just a heads up, guys. Sirius is snoring, snoring, so you might be able to hear him. That's yeah. what it is. Uh, so police called Alex's phone. No answer. Visited his house, but he wasn't there. They called his family to see if, like, they had been in contact with him. Um, they hadn't, obviously. Uh, so at this point, his family is now thinking he's missing or yeah. maybe he's been in an accident or something's yeah. happened, but they don't really know what's happening. God, that must be so scary. Yeah. So with no leads, the police decide that a a good place to start would be to go back to Farmer Don's 
farm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Since Ezra had walked there, maybe they could find something in the vicinity. Yeah, it can't be too, too far. Um, They were driving down a muddy, deserted road when they saw footprints. So they follow the footprints. And what does it lead them to? Ezra's silver car. And what do they see with the car? A human body hanging out of the backseat driver's side. Oh, that's not good. No. At this point, they believe they had found Alex. Yeah. Which they had. Makes sense. Um, they, they didn't know if he was dead, so they like rush over to yeah. see if they can help. Obviously, it was had been over a day at this point so or about a day at this point yeah um and unfortunately now 24 year old alex woodworth was dead um so sad alex had been stabbed 16 times with a knife with this information police go back to ezra and they're like um look we found the crime scene we found alex and we what found do you the know? 16 stab wounds what do you know ezra's memory begins to return to her at this very moment 16 is a lot yeah oh my god i was gripping the microphone so hard my fingers hurt (laughs) okay i was a little stressed yeah okie dokie now next story ezra states that alex had found the knife in her car and then he had began to carve something with the knife in her arm um so detective brock Proc, sorry. So it's the same detective who took the took the sexual assault. Okay, so he already knows that she makes up might May, might I don't know if make he, up stories. He never like mentions anything like that. I don't know if he had that in the back of his mind or not, mm-hmm. but it's the same detective. I mean, how would you not though? I feel like, like you kinda have to separate though, in a way. Yeah, you can't but, but if you have someone who continuously, well, I mean, it's only once, I guess. It's not continuous, so and it's like, not really a pattern. Maybe, and maybe he's like, I don't even know if she should for sure lied, but we don't have anything that's, to yeah, that's true. go off and, of And I'm now. not trying to say that she is lying about it. I'm just saying, like, I would be, th- I think I'd be a little bit more skeptical to believe everything she said. And that's why we're not detectives. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we, you kind of need to separate in a way. Yeah. Um. So he asked to see her arm at this point and carved into Ezra's left forearm is the word boy. Um, Ezra's explanation for this is that in high school, she had questioned her gender. Yes. And Alex uh, used this against her in a way, kind of always, always calling her a boy and, I don't know, using it... That from his dad's description of him, that Doesn't sounds track. uncharacteristic. And if he's like philo- philosophical, I don't know. Anyway, um, but the detective, Brock, he's not buying that. Alex actually carved this into her arm because she had said that Alex was sitting in the driver's seat. So and he carved it into her left forearm, and he was right-handed, so he would have had to carve it. Upside, upside down. down yeah and it was i was like no acting it out <laughs> it didn't make sense to me granted boy isn't the hardest word in the world to write upside down why is can be tricky but i still don't think that's plausible i mean depending yeah. on what kind of and you'd have to like you'd have to twist, twist your a little body weirdly. in a weird way and like yeah 
So, obviously... Let's try it out. Let's see what happens. Let's go <laughs> get in the car. Oh, no, you don't, you don't no. want to do that? Okay. Now, <laughs> Detective Prox, he pushes back, and he's like, he, he didn't actually do that, did he? And she's like, no, he didn't. <laughs> so then she says that... I mean, way to crack, sis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now she moves on with the story. She says the two of them ended up in the back seat, and Alex began attacking her. She said he started cutting her pants open and she didn't know what to do. He kept trying to attack and attack her. That's what she's saying. She then says she grabs the knife by the blade and wrenches it away from Alex and begins stabbing him. But, again... Let me guess. There's no cut on her hands. They look at Ezra's hand where you would expect if you're grabbing a knife by the blade, it's going to be cut pretty severely. Yes. Um... She did have some superficial cuts on her hands, but nothing, nothing to the point where grabbing a knife and pulling and it away from And wrestling it away from somebody. Yeah. Okay. Like, you would think you would need, like... Some serious some, stitches or something. Something. Like, yeah. you'd be cutting tendons, like... Yeah. yeah. Um, Thankfully, neither of us actually know. Right. That's actually, like, one, one of, of your my biggest, biggest fears. fears. I know. Yeah. So... When we do dishes, sometimes at our parents' house, Emily will dry and I'll put away and she, like is always very scared when I hate she's dealing with the knives. Well, I just don't like when people like bring knives behind my back. Yeah. It freaks me out. Like, I know you're never going to stab me, but well, no, <laughs> no, I would not. Um, still freaks me out. You'd see it coming. So, um, unfortunately for Ezra at this point, none of the evidence is backing up her story. The backseat of her car barely had any blood in it. And if there's a struggle, you'd assume if there's 16 stab wounds in the oh, backseat yeah, of a car, that, that too. You would assume there would be some blood. No, there there was like a little, but not but not 16 stab, no. worth, stab wounds worth. So this leads people to believe, or I should say investigators to believe, that Alex was stabbed mainly outside of the car. Um, he, Alex, also had virtually no defensive wounds. So this showed that Ezra more than likely took him by surprise. And the first stab was to the back of the head. Oh, my God. So, it seemed like she just took him by surprise, stabbed him in the back of the head, and he really didn't have much of a chance at that point. Um, That's really horrific. It's awful. Yeah. Now, Can you imagine how hard you'd have to stab somebody to go through their skull? Because, like, that's... I don't know if it went through the skull, but... I'm assuming it could have been, like... Oh, yeah, like the lower, most, like by where your spinal cord is. They said most of the stab wounds to the were to the head, the neck, and the groin. That Those are all very interesting places to stab. Groin is very sexual. Yeah. Um, I mean, they did have a relationship, so. Yes. Okay, so two weeks after the attack, Ezra McCandless is arrested and charged with first-degree intentional homicide. Oh, intentional homicide. 18 months later, Ezra's murder trial begins. Um, Jason was a witness for the prosecution. And again, you can watch like this footage on that 48 episode, hours episode. Yeah. Um, and the link will link in the show notes. show notes. We'll bring you right to the episode. So if anyone wants to watch it. Um, but the video of her at this trial is kind of wild to watch 
Really? Um, so, like, first, as soon as Jason walks into the courtroom, you can see her, like, physically kind of, like, perk up. And she's kind of, like, gives, she's, like, giving him these kind of, like, looks. And, like, she's, like, you know, like, flirty, like, looks. It's just very odd to that watch. That is bizarre. She's, like, almost smiling at him in a way. And I don't know. It's It was weird and they like mention it in the 48 hours episode but if like they wouldn't have said anything i could you could like easily tell that she was like being weird but even weirder um is ezra has a pink blazer on and in the middle of jason's testimony she takes the blazer off and underneath is a green sweater that jason said he actually gave her so she knew he was going to be in court that yeah. day and she knew she knew what she was yeah, doing. Yeah, she knew what she was doing. It's really weird. That is weird. Um the defense attorney also calls Ezra to the stand and again her behavior is odd. Um that's a bold move these days. Yeah, it it feels like she's like really feeding off the attention. I feel cuz they were going for like a defense like their defense was that she it was self-defense yeah i feel like if that's your defense you almost need to take yeah, the stand and point. tell your story that's a good point. but it just opens you up to such yeah issues later i feel yeah so she's you you could tell she's like feeding off the attention that she's being given from the jury she like genuinely looks happy to be up there and talking about herself yikes it's so weird just bizarre sounding it's just like it's almost like she felt like she truly did nothing wrong and that she was going to get away with it. And it was it's just odd. That um, is so weird. Now, on the stand, her story changes again of what happened that day. I mean, I wish I could say I was surprised, but yeah, I'm not. Now, this time, she said instead of grabbing the knife with her hand, she knees Alex in the groin and he drops the knife and that's when she grabs it and begins to stab him anywhere and everywhere she can, which just happened to be the neck, head, and groin. Um, I feel like, now this is just me speculating, but if I were being attacked and I was stabbing someone, the torso is a very large target. Yeah. The head, a lot smaller than the, the torso. The neck, a lot smaller than the torso and the groin a lot smaller than the torso right um she says the two of them ended up outside of the car somehow and despite alex suffering wounds to the head neck and groin he's still able to grab her so she reaches around stabs him one more time in the side um ezra claims she doesn't remember what happens after this and how she gets to farmer don's house but I mean, I can understand that to a point. Like when you go into shock, you don't always remember. Anyway, we're not giving her any. Okay. We're not believing her. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> District. My bad. I, what a liar! I don't believe her. District Attorney Andrea Nodolf believes this is when she begins arranging the evidence to match her story, though. Um. So she begins like cutting her pants. Um. Because how long Just of a walk was it? Not you, very far. Okay. They're, they're like, there's not three hours long. Okay. Um, the knife was eventually found just outside of Farmer Don's house. Um, the knife ended up being Ezra's father's, which the prosecution believes she took to kill Alex with. Um, 
one of the saddest things too alex did not die right away um he was found with a scarf wrapped around his neck which they believe alex put there himself to try to stop the bleeding oh that's really sad um the prosecution um believes that if he would have gotten help right away he might have made it oh um they also believe so they believe the attack started outside of the car alex tried to get back into the back seat of the car to get away from ezra yeah um and that's why he's found like half in but they also say that they believe that ezra tried to drag him out of the car and drive drive away away. but she couldn't and so he that's why he was found because he was found with his head out of the car and his feet in so if you're if you're trying to drag someone you would think you'd grab them under the armpits armpits. but once she couldn't get him out of the car then she had to go to plan b which was arrange the crime scene yeah and find help somehow um go scare the bejesus out of farmer farmer don Don. poor farmer don now district attorney andrea believes ezra committed one last truly terrible act before she left alex oh no she took his phone the only thing he could have used to get himself help that is so cold-blooded she smashed it into pieces (gasps) that is so cold-blooded yeah of course, Ezra says she didn't have a phone of her own, so she took Alex's to try to call for help. But when she was walking down the road to Farmer Don's house, she fell and the phone was in her hand and she broke it that way. Mm-hmm. No. I'm going to go no. I'm going to go with no. Um, after th- just three hours of deliberation, the jury reached a verdict. <coughs> Excuse me. Three hours. That's really short. Very fast. Um, they find Ezra McCandless guilty of first degree murder. As you should. On February 7th, 2020 at Ezra's sentencing hearing, she directly apologizes to Alex Order's family. Too little too late. But thankfully, Judge James Peterson basically says he doesn't believe her bullshit apology. <laughs> <laughs> I I paraphrase there. Uh, I yeah, I kind of yeah. figured. <laughs> <laughs> But it's a great visual in imagining a judge yeah. going, yeah, I don't believe your bullshit apology. I'm sure some judges do say that. Um, he sentences her to life in prison. She will be eligible for parole after serving 50 years. Wow. Um, we still don't know for sure what the exact motive for the murder was. Um, but many, including Jason and Andrea, believe, that's the district attorney, Yeah, believe he could have been part of the reason um ezra wanted to get jason back no matter what and she thought in her mind getting alex out of the way could possibly help that um but we will try never truly know so that's really sad that is the story of ezra mccandless that's really the the part about the cell phone the is cell just phone. the most yeah. cold-hearted like and the, that he had like wrapped the oh god yes stop the bleeding and he's like he's just holding on to every ounce of hope he's got that he's not gonna die and then he does oh my god it's so sad it's very sad um yeah it's people really like people who know her say that they 100 percent believe that she 100 percent believed that she was gonna get away with it that's nuts um yeah so 
it's a sad one but yeah it was that was a good one thanks again heather for the um request request i hope i did it justice thanks for making us sad we blame you Um, just kidding (laughs) no we don't no i blame emily because emily decided to do it it's a sad one but and Um, again like i'm very surprised i hadn't heard it yeah it's especially because like it's not a clear literally an hour and a half from us roughly it's not that old two years ago we were definitely into true crime at that point Mm -hmm. so like you'd think we would have she's not that that much much younger younger than me Uh oh the neighbors are home (laughs) serious has got a bark all right i'll do my uh sources really quick (laughs) yeah um so again i i will say i got most of my information from cbsnews.com and the cinemaholic.com as well there wasn't a whole lot of like different information on a lot of different sources most of them had all the same information that's always hard because you like think you're gonna have all this info i mean you did have plenty you had enough i was nervous when i started writing it that i wasn't gonna have enough but yeah it turned out to be enough so yeah cool um our socials are midwest madness podcast on facebook um mw madness podcast on instagram and that's also our gmail and possibly our twitter i did tweet once (laughs) the other day and i was like i need to get better at this but i just always forget so i do my best cool well we hope you guys have a great rest of your day um it's monday for us here president's day we're supposed to be getting one hell of a snowstorm yes we'll see supposed to start at 6 a.m it has not no and it is one o'clock i saw like four flakes on my way here and i was like we will see what happens but yeah (laughs) if you're in minnesota we're right on the edge of it though at least at least where i'm yeah so i'm dog sitting this weekend or this week and where i'm staying it was like is it right above us? Yeah, it was north? just north of okay. of us, just north of our parents' house. North always gets it. Yep. Or south. Yeah, it's like the middle of the state. The never, middle of the state never gets it. I wonder if it's because of the cities, like I it's warmer. Know. They say that mm, you don't typically get tornadoes in the cities because of that. Yeah. But who knows? I guess we'll find out what happens yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, you guys have a great week and we will see you next Tuesday. Bye.